Greetings. Welcome to Top Tier Volunteer, a Tennessee Volunteers podcast. This is your host, Andre, and welcome to episode four. And before we begin, I would like to uh, dedicate this podcast to my mother, Loretta Lowe, and my favorite artist, Young Dolph. It's been a while since I did my last podcast uh, about June 5th, so a lot of things have happened, and uh, I definitely have an action-packed, jam-packed show for you guys today. So uh, starting off, we're going to be looking at (laughs) the recruiting scene has definitely been going crazy, especially this past June and uh, early July for a lot of teams, and uh, Tennessee is one of them. So I'm going to be looking at the recruits that we've gotten since my last podcast of June 5th, which which we've gotten nine since then, with another addition in the 2024 cycle. So in all, we had 10. And uh, also, of course, we have the current vol and the OG vol uh, section. And to conclude the podcast, I'm going to be looking at uh, just a little bit of uh, preseason hype, uh, perception versus reality. Uh, do we are we really going to take the next step and finish up where we are and finally live up to the hype? Or are we going to have a, a average year or are we going to fall below expectations? Um, any of those things are possible. Uh, especially as we know as uh, Tennessee Volunteers fans. So I'm pretty excited about this episode. So let's get started. As I previously mentioned before, um, I think the NIL has been great for recruiting because if you look at all the top recruits, like it's just more evenly spaced out. Last couple of years, it's been like just A&M, Georgia, and um, Ohio State and Alabama, you know, just running rough shot and getting all the good players. But as of right now, the recruiting boards are full of teams that we don't usually expect. Uh, Penn State, Miami, Texas Tech, Tennessee. I mean, those teams have all had flash pan type seasons and recruiting years. But to see it right now makes me feel pretty good. And Tennessee right now is currently ranked uh, sixth or seventh, depending on which site you're on. Rivals are 24-7. I haven't looked on the on one just because I'm not really used to going on there yet. But I will start using on one because I... I do acknowledge that they are a great site. And um, I'm just going to look at recruits and start from the highest ranked one that we've gotten recently down to the lowest. Number one on our list is going to be Shadavian Bradley, uh, 6'4 and a half, 220 pound edge out of uh, Missouri. And I've, I've already watched and, you know, going to vote with all these guys uh, tape and stuff. And looking at Bradley, He's a recruit that we haven't had in a long time. He's long, rangy, athletic, like I say, 6'5", 220 pounds, and he's just really explosive and elite, and we haven't had an edge player like that that just looks like him in I don't know how long, since I've been following recruiting, uh, since maybe like 2007, and nobody's ever like just met his body type. So I'm really excited about him. He's really quick, explosive off the edge. Uh, I don't know why in in his highlight tape, you know, the guys weren't even trying to block him. But sometimes the scheme does require that. So um, if that happens, you just still have to go make the play. So he did that. And I'm really excited about him. He seems like he's going to come in. And even if he's not all the way ready, um, at least he could come in and and be just a specialist off the edge on third down or something like that. So... So Davian Bradley, definitely a great start. Uh, well, not even a start, but a great addition to the, you know, our D-line. Next, we have Jalen Smith from out of Georgia. Uh, he's six foot, 213 pounds. And I really like his tape, too. Just let me just say this. All the recruits we've gotten recently and in this class are all, like, 
really good. Like, if they're not four stars, they're, like, they're pretty good for their position. They're really solid, and you can see why, you know, they're being recruited. Like, these guys just jump off the players, and I think they're all really solid football players. So, um, back to Jalen Smith. Uh, he's from uh, Grayson, which is a football powerhouse in uh, Georgia. So I'm glad we're uh, digging there and then getting a good player from them. Um, he's a true linebacker. Watching his film, he's the definition of see ball, get ball. As um, soon as he sees the play, he diagnoses it, reads the guard, see where they're pulling, and shoots the hole. And I'm really excited to see that. Um, like I said uh, in a couple podcasts, we've been recruiting players that really didn't play linebacker and then putting them at linebacker. So they have more to learn and just getting a guy who's in like this, who's very extensive and very, very fast. He has a like the quickest first step I've seen since, you know, maybe Rico McCoy, you know, it's just some of the, the better linebackers that we've had at Tennessee, Raynock Thompson. So, um, I'm really excited about Jalen and hopefully he comes in and, you know, adds weight and he's pretty much already the perfect size. Because uh, once he comes in and then goes to the nutrition program, he'll probably max out 225, 230, six foot. And with his speed, he's that's definitely prototypical NFL size. So with somebody like him, hopefully, you know, he'll pan out and turn into an NFL player. Third, we have the biggest recruit in the class so far, Shamurad Yumarov. Uh, he's 6'6", 337 pounds out from Alpharetta, Georgia. And this guy is already uh, a well-polished offensive lineman. So I'm really – this is another recruit I'm excited about. Looking at his film, um, he's huge. Like, he's just pretty much bigger than everybody else out there. He dwarfs uh, the D lineman as a, across from him. And just watching this technique, he's great at uh, moving down the line and, uh, you know, finishing off blocks, combo blocks. Um, he's good at catching the pass rusher, rusher instead of lunging, which I always, you know, uh, try to look for an offensive lineman. And he just already seems very technically sound, which is, which is very good. So he, you know, with his size, he, he's not fat at all. Well, he's big, but, you know, I wouldn't say he's sloppy or, you know, as uh, linemen tend to get when they get that size, especially at uh, 17, 18 years old. But he holds it very well, and I think he's just going to be a great addition because he's, you know, he's already uh, pretty much handcrafted, and all our all, all offensive linemen, all our offensive line coach has to do is just, you know, uh, teach him the finer points of the game and get him bigger, and we pretty much have an NFL lineman already. Next up, we have Cameron Soden from uh, out of Virginia, Eastville, and he's definitely one of my favorite players in the uh, the recruiting class so far. Uh, he's 6'1", 220, and just looking at him, um, our, our 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 offensive staff is really smart. Um, looking last year, Velas Jones was a perfect slot because he was basically a running back playing wide receiver. He had soft hands that he could break, you know, break people off in open space, and uh, it was he was really hard to tackle. And looking at Selden, he's pretty much just a bigger version of uh, Velas, and <laughs> this guy is pretty. He's really really strong, like. He's a, a, a just a, a terrific all-around athlete, um, and he's from Virginia, and they create a lot of those athletes out there like that. So I'm really excited about him. Um, watching his film, he's like I say, he's based at wide receiver and a running back body, so he can play both positions. And I don't know where Hypo exactly wants him at the moment, but I assume you know they're just going to have you know gadget plays, reverses. Um, they're trying to use him like uh, Debo Samuel. Um, 
like I said, Vilas Jones type. And if he gets in the backfield, he's definitely going to catch a lot of screen passes, you know, swing passes, stuff like that. And to put it lightly, he's just a, an elite prospect. He's not quite a five, not quite a five star, but he's a high four star. And just maybe like uh, I've seen a couple people say, if he went to a bigger school, maybe he would have got the fifth star. And who cares? Just just get the guy on campus and <laughs> give him his number and let him roll because he's gonna make plays. And I'm really excited to see him and and see what he likes, what he's like when he gets here. And uh, next. We have a uh, Christian Conyer from out of Kentucky, and he's six one and a half, one hundred and seventy pounds. And I like him. What I like about him is he's just a natural corner. If you watch him, he looks like he's been playing it, you know, pretty much his whole career. Even though you you can say he plays other positions, and he's a really smooth athlete. I don't think he's like you know explosively fast, but he is fast. He was pretty much you know the, the fastest player on this field on the field uh in his highlights and stuff like that and he already has good technique uh i watched i noticed that when he was in a trail position he was able to make plays on the ball so maybe he was baiting the quarterback a little bit um so just just good around all around uh prospect to add at the corner position which is great because like i said he's not that's another position we haven't really been able to uh do too well at so just getting somebody who's plays corner and used to doing it and does it at a high level is uh great to see coming to our next recruit we have tyree weathersby uh six foot four 251 pound defensive lineman out of uh georgia georgia douglasville watching his film he's already he already does everything that you want from a good solid defensive lineman i think he's going to be like a, maybe a strong side end weak side maybe um and, you know, he just has quick hands. He was, was shooting off the ball fast. He was disruptive. Uh, he got sacks. He got defensive uh, TFLs. Uh, and he was just chasing down the ball carrier pretty much wherever he was. And that's always great signs. And everybody knows we have Rodney Garner, the the, the best D-line coach in the country. So I know once when uh, once Weathersby gets with uh, Mr. Garner that, you know, Garner's going to take him to the less, next level. And hopefully help the guy get to the NFL because you know as of right now he has the tools, and let's see what what Coach Garner, Coach Garner can do with him. Next up we have Jeremiah T. Lander, and I I I like this guy because he's what I call you know an aesthetic uh, recruiter, recruit. And on the great teams, this is going to be a little maybe controversial, but on the great teams, you know sometimes they'll just have. Uh, 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 the whole defense full of athletic specimens, but then at the linebacker position, they'll just have this, you know, regular white guy with a crazy name or something like that, and he has 150 tackles, blah blah blah. And we finally have that type of player. Uh, T. Lander is just everywhere, and from what I've seen, he didn't play too much his first two years, but in his junior year, he went off, got 137 tackles. And, you know, he's, uh, he had three interceptions, three forced fumbles. And so, you know, as you can tell, I'm really excited about this guy because uh, guys like him, their limit, their limits are uh, – they have no limits. He, I'm, I know he's going to be very cerebral. I know he's going to be a player's coach. I know he's going to have great effort. So if he comes in and does everything right, you know, <laughs> he could be – like I've said with a lot of these players, he could be an NFL player for, you know, like the next 10 or 15 years. And we've all seen it. Luke Keekley, uh, Brian Urlacher, uh, you know, just the amount of, you know, just solid 
linebackers who are like him, you know, just ain't not to make it about race, but you know, that's just what it is sometimes. And I'm really happy we got a, a great player like him. And look at that his measurables. He is six foot two, I think. Yeah. Six foot two, two hundred seventeen pounds. So he's right in that sweet spot. You know, bulk him up to two thirty. He's pretty fast. Uh his, he has a great first step. And we all know how important that is as a linebacker, you know, just not to waste steps and, you know, exactly where you're going. So the ceiling is the sky for this guy, Jeremiah Tlander. Getting close to wrapping up this section, we have uh, John Slaughter from out of Mississippi, South Haven. And uh, he's I've seen different stats for him uh, from 6'2 to 6'3 to uh, 195 pounds. And watching his film, the first thing you see is a lot of interceptions, which is always great. Uh, Pruitt wasn't a great uh, head coach, but he was a great DB coach. And, like, I agree one thing he said, if you get interceptions in high school, you get interceptions in college. So just looking at him, you know, he had a bunch of interceptions, just all types. And I love that. You know, he's always around the ball, the ball hawk. And uh, just like uh, Christian Conyer, our, uh, our cornerback recruit, He's just a natural DB. You can tell he he's plays safety. You know, he does it full-time, and he likes doing it, and he wants to be good at it. And um, watching this film, is nothing he was really lacking at. He's not, not high, maybe not highly explosive, you know, overly fast or anything like that. But you don't have to be it if you're a good DB. So let's see what uh, Coach Martinez can do with him. And the last recruit that uh, committed for the 2023 cycle and within the last month or so, is uh, Will Stallings, a running back from out of Las Vegas. And we uh, have connections with that school already, Bishop Gorman, which is where uh, Cedric Tillman went. So he's kind of lowly recruited, lowly rated right now, but uh, I know they have good athletes out there, so it, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's better than what uh, he's rated right now. His film is pretty good. He has a good balance. He hits the hole hard. Um, he runs with, with leverage. He's really, really balanced. Um, he has soft hands catching the ball out the backfield, so that's always good. And he, from what I've seen, he always pretty much breaks the first tackle. So, you know, he's just a solid running back. You know, he's not overly flashy, not overly, you know, just explosive, but he's just a really solid player. And we'll see what uh, Tennessee can do with him because, as we know, our offense can easily just get chunk yardage. And if we get a running back who can break a lot of tackles and good at finding a hole, then all the better. That wraps up the recruits for the uh, 23 cycle that have uh, committed in the past month. We also did get another addition to the 2024 cycle. He's officially the first committed member of that class with Jonathan Eccles, a five-star, uh, 6'4", 230 pounds out of IMG. And this dude is a baller. Like, we have to go to IMG more often. We've been swinging and missing. But whenever we get one, and he's the first one, I'm really excited about him. Um, just looking at him, he's really explosive. He can pretty much do anything on the field. I think he's also a defensive end as well, played linebacker, a bunch of positions. And, like, um, so he can basically choose whatever position he wants. And Tennessee, you know, our offensive is explosive. We can turn any player pretty much into a productive player. And so we're going to take this five-star and let him play tight end. And I'm not mad at it. So um, our receiving is about to be highly explosive over the next couple of years. I'm pretty sure playing with Nico was a, a great selling point to him. And um, it's a great addition for the first recruit of the 24, 24 class. 
So uh, that wraps up this section. And like I said before, I love all the recruits that Tennessee is bringing in. They're all really solid football players. You can see why, you know, off the bat, why they're being brought in. And with the high recruits, you can tell that they're elite prospects and that they're, you know, well on their way to the NFL if everything goes right, which we haven't been able to say with, you know, a couple, <laughs> a lot of the recruits of the past couple classes. So on to our next segment, we have the current volunteer and our OG volunteer. And today for our, our current volunteer, we have Amari Thomas, uh, the big defensive lineman out of uh, Briarcrest in Memphis, Tennessee. And I like this guy. Uh, he has number 21. That's always funny at a, at a lineman position. And this is his junior year, so I'm, we're expecting a lot from him. Uh, we expect him to be a starter, I'm thinking. And so far over his past two years, he has 21 tackles and one sack. And he's one of those players when he actually, you know, when he when he explodes off the line and, and makes a play and makes a move, you can see it. It's noticeable. So we're really hoping that he steps up and fills the road in, you know, Matthew Butler did last year. Because at the high end for uh, Omari, I can see him being a, a Dan Williams type. And at the low end, maybe, you know, uh, uh, Danny O'Brien or something like that. You know, just a solid gap field player. But we're definitely hoping for the Dan Williams type. So um, let's just let's just hope everything goes well because, you know, he's working with uh, Coach Gardner. And I know he's going to get the most out of him, you know, just working with his hands, his feet work, his explosiveness. So I'm expecting big things out of Amari this year. Moving along to our OG volunteer, um, we have a player that really, you want to talk about underrated player. I'd never hear him brought up. And that is Dion Grant. Uh, he's from out of Augusta, Georgia. And this dude was just a straight baller. Um, one of the most athletic safeties, one of the most playmaking safeties, one of our better defensive backs in uh, Tennessee history. And um, he was an All-American in 99, and, of course, he won the championship in 98. And <clears throat> he's in the record books uh, with uh, 14 interceptions, tied with Eric Berry, which is fifth all-time. So that that's <laughs> pretty funny that him and Eric Berry are tied. He has nine interceptions in the season, which is third all-time, with uh, three coming against Auburn and an amazing one-handed one versus Florida. And... <clears throat> Of course, I really wasn't paying attention to football back then, but if you just look at the plays and the games from that time period, Dion was always, you know, he was a very timely playmaker. Um, his interceptions were, you know, uh, at, a cri at critical moments, uh, swing plays, and right when Tennessee needed it. There aren't many safeties who could play single high and do it effectively, but he was definitely one of the earlier ones. Um, he was elite in college. And definitely made Tennessee a better team while he was there. Um, he was drafted round two, pick 57 by the Panthers. Uh, he had a long NFL career, as I'm pointing out. He won the Super Bowl with the Giants. And he retired in 2013 with 30 interceptions, which is really, really good. And I just remember, you know, him being with the Giants. And he was just a solid safety. Like, in the NFL, he was always around the ball, great tackler. You know, he was just like you want your safety to be the last line of defense. He didn't get burnt too often, and he made plays on the ball when he could. So for our OG volunteers, one of our all-time greats, Deion Grant. And let me just say, if I could build a secondary, my two starting safeties would, of course, be Eric Berry and Deion. So. And wrapping up the podcast, I'm going to be looking at, you know, just a little bit, bit of a perception versus reality as associated with Tennessee because – 
I'm sure, as you know, if we've been paying attention to, you know, the preseason rankings over, you know, just let's just look at the past 10 years. Um, When we were, you know, people were still expecting things from us at the beginning of the season, they would give us the benefit of the doubt. And we would, you know, sort it out somehow, you know, slip it to the early top 25 or close to it. And then when it sort of became inevitable that, you know, we sucked, <laughs> we stopped getting the benefit and, you know, we were, you know, pretty much ranked where we were. But everybody knows how much of a sleeper giant we are. So come to this year, you know, we had some success last year, 76. Uh, we got our returning quarterback, you know, a great offense, you know, continuity everywhere. And, you know, the hype is taken off yet again. And looking at, you know, just, just where some of the, you know, the the the, the big people have us ranked. Um, ESPN has us ranked number nine, Athlon number 18. Uh, CBS ain't messing with us too much, made him number 44. But it just goes to show you a wide range of, you know, where Tennessee could finish. And hopefully, you know, I'm ho- of course I'm hoping, you know, we finish top 25. And we probably have to win at least eight games to get that eight games and then nine with the bowl game. But if we get eight, you know, beat, uh, you know, Florida and, you know, just if we lose just to Alabama and Georgia, you know, stuff like that, then, of course, we'll end up right where we are because just the SEC has more of a power lean when they're ranking it. And, um, you know, just some of the reasons that, you know, we should feel, you know, optimistic about, you know, finishing in the top 25 and, and being on one of the better teams in the country is, you know, we have an elite offense with uh, a Heisman hopeful maybe at uh, at quarterback and Hendon Hooker. Um, it's year two. Um, it's an old adage, but the saying goes that the elite coaches show their medal within year two. And if you look over history over the past couple of years, you know, a lot of the, the better coaches in their year two have had that. That was their flash in the pan season where they established themselves and, you know, and showed that they were a power and somebody to, somebody to be reckoned with. So hopefully Hypo can follow that same subject line right there. And mainly probably the, the biggest reason why we should be optimistic and, you know, have this perception versus reality thing tied together is our schedule. Um, usually we have a tough schedule, you know, especially with our crossover game and stuff like that. But this year we got Florida down, new coach, LSU down, new coach, um, Alabama at home, Georgia. I think we're there, but you know, this is, they, they're coming off a national championship season. So they're going to be missing hella players and, you know, um, just trying to replicate, replicate what they did last year. So, you know, they have a monkey on their back and, Tennessee, man, we want it all. So, you know, that's another thing. You know, we've been downtrodden so long. You know, we don't know what it's like to, you know, taste the success lately. So hopefully, you know, Hypo can convince this team because Hypo himself has led an undefeated team, uh, the UCF Knights. So, you know, hopefully he can instill, instill some of that mindset and just lead us, you know, back to where, you know, respectable team, you know, where Tennessee belongs, which is, you know, somewhere in the top 15, top 25. And, you know, top 10 if everything works out. I'm going to wrap up the podcast right here. Um, sorry it took so long. You know, things have been going on. And I really I wanted to wait till all the recruits came in. I knew it was going to be a hot summer. <laughs> so uh, it definitely went exactly how I expected. Uh, so we'll, we're going to see what Tennessee does over the next month or so. And 
the football season is right around the corner. We're doing the, you know, the 99 day countdown. We're somewhere around 70. So let's go. Let's get excited and uh, go Big Orange. Until next time, this is Top Tier Volunteer. Andre signing off.